Well, hello there, all me LGBT cuties and friends. I'm Germs. Uh, whoa, I don't even know what the first three things you I said. I said, well, howdy, all my LGBT cuties and friends. I'm Germs. Welcome to QBT. <laughs> Sounds like the most demented, just like horrific I, I think you're beautiful. You know, like a Barney. Like I Barney, but like Barney. scarier. Tell these people what your name is. <laughs> And we're I'm two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, whatever the hell else we want. And today we're including, including Barney. Barney. And today we're talking to my little brother. Um, oh my it's, gosh. It's yeah. a silly one. Little Steven. Little Honestly, Steven. he says some of the sweetest little things in the world. Uh, oh, I'm going to cry again. Oh, God. Ah. Mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit. <laughs> hey girl, how you doing? Howdy, I'm doing I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'm you're doing back fine. in town. Mm-hmm. You was jet setting all over the place. But like safely. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm vaccinated, um, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're coming up. I mean, we're about to be one years old. Like really I can't soon. wait. I can't believe it. Like, I just really, clapped really, really and Jolene like literally jumped up was so terrified. <laughs> we're about to be one years old. I know. Um, we're gonna have an anniversary episode really soon. It's gonna be a little bit different than what we normally do, I think. So um I think I mentioned this last episode, but I'm gonna keep mentioning it up up until the until, actual anniversary. Yep. But um send us some questions. Like we're gonna play a game of twenty one questions. We will like ask each other these questions that you send us uh, if they're directed to either one of us if they're directed to both of us and we're going to answer 21 of them live live ish recorded on the podcast um and you can ask us ask us anything it can be mental health related it can be pop culture related it could be about homework it could be about sex it could be about uh what color um poodle you think you should get anything we will take it and we'll answer it. Uh, shoot us a DM. You can also email us, qbtpodcast at gmail.com. If you want it anonymous, say, please don't say my name. If you want us to give you a shout out, we will shout you out. A We're shout excited. Out. A shout out. <laughs> I have some rice in my teeth. I think that's what's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rice from the wedding? You know where they like throw oh. the rice? Did you like? <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore. Um, I think they just like shoot birds on everyone. The, bu- the little feathers fly down. Oh, well, how quaint. Um, Ski. <laughs> All right, all right. I have a question for you. Okay. While, we're, while we have your brother on this episode, let's get okay, into okay, I have a family-related okay. question. What's your earliest, most positive family memory? Ooh. Earliest, I have no idea. Uh, a positive family memory, okay. though, that... Um, I mean, just like... I. We'd have to do some work, uncover some things. Um, I don't know. but That's what this is for. This, this whole I, podcast is about. Let's dig not in. Not right now. <laughs> um, but when I was at the wedding, my granny reminded me of when um, her husband, we used to call him Popple, R.I.P. But um, me and Stephen and my grandparents, Granny and Popple, used to take us to the Maggie Valley in the, um, the western mountains of North Carolina and we would ride around on horses and go to Tweetsie Railroad and to we'd stay at a Tweetsie Railroad. That it's sounds a little real racist. It honestly in retrospect it might have been. I have no idea. <laughs> I it's basically a train. It's like a it's like a pretend ghost town train 
like amusement park and mm. you can like take pictures on horses and you go on a train ride and then people pretend to come and rob it and you're like oh my god um there you might be a little a joke on tiktok sorry this is coming out of left field but you mentioned fine. ghost town right i saw a tiktok that was like if ghosts were real there'd be no white people i don't get i don't think i get that like the ghosts would kill the white people oh okay sure Okay, that's it. Sorry. I think that's hopeful. What was your memory? (laughs) (laughs) My earliest memory was, uh, oh my God, me and my cousin. And this is not earliest, sorry. Same as you, like probably just like a positive memory that I randomly think about often. Um, Me and my cousin, he would come up when I was in Brownsville, Tennessee, um, which you know is also where Tina Turner is from, Nutbush, Tennessee. It's all sort of the same thing. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Anyways, when I used to go see my grandmother every summer for like 20 years, um, I would go see her in Brownsville, Tennessee, which is where she still lives. And that's also where like my whole like maternal side of my family like is from. So I would go stay with her during the summer. And one of my cousins, Terrence, Terrence, sorry, um, would... Terrence? Turns. It had to be said. It had to be said like that. It sounds uh, like has it needs to, to be. still be said like that. <laughs> um, I mean, that's his name. It's not his it's fault. A, it's not his fault. But <laughs> he stands by it. It's just like me. My middle name is Rashawn, like R A. But there's an apostrophe, and I used to stick by that apostrophe. Don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's me important. and this cousin Terrence used to stay up till like Turns. three o'clock in the morning. Terrence, um, watching WWE like wrestling, and always always BET uncut like okay it was is great that, is that where there's are the videos actually uncut what makes it BET uncut uncut it was just like a lot of ass and like okay I'll put it like this like you know the Rihanna work video uh-huh where you could see her nipples through her shirt duh but she wasn't necessarily like naked Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, it's like very that where like back then it's like, oh my God, that's risque. Like that can't sure. be on during like the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, whereas now so it's like they BT it Uncut is just what normal music videos are now. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> I will say that the poured up video is more important to me in terms of Rihanna's sexiness, but I get it. True. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been on BT Uncut. They would have never allowed that back in 1998. Yes. Um, that makes sense, especially because it was like a woman stripping for herself and other women instead of like, right. you know, big booty right. hoes. Yeah. But tip drill, rest in peace. I'm sorry. I don't know. Do you know that song? No. What's tip drill? <gasps> okay. I'm going to, we're going to make it a thing. Give me a second. <laughs> okay. Are we going to add it to the playlist? Yeah. Okay. Um, I also heard that Rihanna teased releasing a new song soon which like who knows if that's real but she said it are you trying to um, find the song i yeah i am but like i i don't trust anything rihanna says to me right now i, I still know, don't not till i see it i just saw a picture you... of her where she was wearing like boxers underneath the skirt i love that look oh my god you know what i'm realizing i don't think tip drill is on spotify i think it might be banned well what if we come back to it Oh, here we go. It's on Vimeo. I have to, like, go to a whole fucking other, like, video hosting site to, like, watch it. Oh, 
And with that, I feel like thank you, thank you for the education. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. There's a whole video and everything. We'll link to it. It's a whole thing. Um, not that you need to be supporting Nelly. I don't think. Anyways, um, let's move on to and what about it because we're already what essentially about talking it? about it. <laughs> um, politics. Uh, I, this isn't necessarily political, but like. There's a very important trial going on right now in America that everybody yeah. should be paying attention to. Um, the George Floyd trial, a.k.a. the... Well, this first trial for Derek Chauvin, who was one of the police officers that was... Um, that ended George Floyd's life, uh, is on trial right now. Um, he's the first one. I think the other three are going on trial in, like, August or starting in August. Um, but we're very much so concentrated on this first one because, it. I mean, it's... It's going to say a lot about the America that we live in and sort of, yeah. it'll, re- it'll reveal a lot. It's not to say that like whatever decision comes out of it is going to be, I don't know how to put this, like right or wrong. It's more so that like, we know what America is right now. It's more about, is the system actually going to back up this like yeah. horrific place that we already yeah. know that it is. And um, I think it's important to remember too that Derek's on trial the system is on trial this police system uh and the specific bureau they are on trial George Floyd is not on trial George Floyd is dead George Floyd was exactly. murdered he's not on trial um and it's already being painted as this sort of well he had a heart condition and he was on drugs and that was the reason why he died and the fact that we weren't on his neck for nine minutes straight had nothing to do with it yeah, I just saw this clip of them uh, cross-examining this witness um, who is like a renowned firefighter or whatever and was essentially trying to discredit her for using curse words and like reacting big to what happened. And she says back, she's like, I don't know if you've ever seen someone be killed, but it's shocking. Yeah, And like, then of course the guy's like, uh, uh, objection, uh, please answer my questions as I ask them. Well, like... A nightmare. Um, I I don't I don't know even how to place this in my mind. I'm like trying to potentially be hopeful and honestly, like I don't have a ton to say about it because I'm like not trying to not be checked in, but it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get caught up when I hear what happens. But like I feel like mm-hmm. my nerves are too shot to try and be so involved as it's going on. You know. I agree, and I think that for that reason, I'm like I'm just definitely not something that I'm watching live or that yeah. like. It happening in real time i feel like i'm maybe doing like a quick read on it before bed yeah <laughs> maybe that's not the best time to do it. i should probably just like wake up and do it i also listen to npr in the morning so i feel like they're updating me anyways uh when i wake up so um i npr is your like morning uh news yeah deliverer. it just like okay. plays for like 15 minutes and just gives me all the things i need to know i love that i listen to what like, a hey. day the wad mm. pod that's that's the wad me. pod wad pod oh um, you'd really love it. I feel um, like I would like yeah. that. It's twenty yeah, minutes. This, it's fun. Yeah, but the trial—they have the same like headlines. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a catchy little jingle for it. What about it? Um, it's Come like up with it right now. What about it? All right, no, that's not <laughs> catchy. That's not catchy at all. <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> um, Do you I mean, know what we'll is keep... catchy? What? Oh no. <laughs> 
Go say no, what no. you were going to say. I, I didn't know you had something serious oh, to say. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we'll keep checking in about the trial. It's not going to be something okay. that I feel like I'm going to have an update every week because this is probably going to go on for a while. Um, but it's important to acknowledge this. But it's important to acknowledge that it's happening, and you should definitely be paying attention to it in some way, shape, or form. That's my Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to make a hard pivot. Um, <laughs> but do you know what is catchy? <laughs> <laughs> Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. I, I thought you were gonna say COVID. Sorry, huh? Oh yeah, do you know what is catchy? COVID. Um, <laughs> no, this song is driving Christians crazy um, because well, we know you this love li- that. This li- I do love it. This little boy <laughs> decided to take a stripper pole down to hell and then like twerk on Satan and then steal his horns and kill him. And the Christians literally it is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I love they it. They have no sense of nuance or like artistic like um separation from subject and and self they're just like he's literally twerking with the devil and then he created those shoes with the drop of blood in them there's only 666 of them and they're like they're letting people buy this and put it on their feet the mark of the devil on their feet they ain't walking with the lord with them things on i mean hey i want a pair yeah i do too um i would actually i mean to the to be honest i do want one as like to be like in a case on my shelf, but they're kind of ugly and I don't actually want them. Um, <laughs> I don't like the I don't like the way that it looks like it's a zipper shoe, but mm-hmm. it actually is just like a medallion. Like on, I don't like those athletic shoes that are like, they're like squiggle. The laces are like squiggled up and it looks tight, and like they're kind of underneath like that, the I thing. Think. I don't like them. I don't um, like them. I feel like you gave me a compliment on them, Regina George. um i don't like them for me um to be honest i have no idea what you're talking about but um i know that these demon shoes are of i'm a fan i just um i also just really love this idea that um i'm gonna take this thing that harmed me for years this religion that told me i was gonna go to hell and then i'm gonna fucking go to hell bitch and suck satan's dick like if that's really what you think about me i'm gonna show you that the only thing that i am (laughs) bothered by is that supposedly the art director for cellophane the fk twigs video where she's on the stripper pole was posting like screenshots and was saying that they nasa's team reached out to them and then for some reason it didn't work out and then we have the video and it's pretty much a very similar thing i feel like the theme is different but it's definitely to me i'm like i look at that and i'm like oh every this makes this gayer because it's like every faggot knows the fk twigs video you know what i mean like that's what i thought but i just the line of i want to fuck the ones i envy that is just that is the gayest thing i've ever heard (laughs) like it is just (laughs) it is the gayest thing i've ever heard i just love this idea of this bad kind of one night stand or this dude this dl dude like ruining your life with these minimum things and at the end of the day you're just like you know what Call me whatever the fuck you want because I'm only here to sin. I'm going to shoot some kids in your mouth while I'm riding. I just like, if everyone else gets to be fucking disgusting, if WAP gets to be whatever, if like people get to say disgusting things, if BET gets to be uncut after dark, little less sex, <laughs> this little faggot. Don't bring, don't bring BET into it, okay? Do not no. bring BET into it. Well, I bet Have they won't the bring little less sex into it. Mm-mm. But I, I just like, I, I'm obsessed with this little kid and he's just so smart. Uh, and knows the internet so well and for people who don't like Lil Nas X 
I feel like this song is the song that could get them in. It's just so catchy. Like I, I mean, I like the song, and you allegedly think that I hate Lil Nas X. Um, you do. And I don't. I respect you. Do him as, you, as an every artist. Every time we talk about him, you text me and you're like, "Shut the fuck up about this." Language. I, I hate do them. not. You do every time. <laughs> that is a, that I'll post is a, the text for proof. That is a bullface lie. Yeah, I I'm like. I have sue, to. I'm sue. I'm suing you for which one is it? Is it slander? Slander. Libel. Libel and slander. It actually might be slander because libel's in print. Anyway. And verbal assault. Oh, you want a verbal assault? No, <laughs> <laughs> but what about it? I don't, if I don't, if you don't actually hate this person, what you do? Oh my God. What's the truth? I respect them as a person. I do like the song. The song is cute. It's, it's probably, just, the, it's probably the first Lil Nas X song that I'm like, I can get into this. See? And I feel like Holiday was, to me, I felt the that Montero potential. No, I, I get it. But I, I love it. Montero to me is like the perfect deliverance of trend with an actual like good songwriting style, good melody. Like it's not just like hmm, 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 TikTok shit. Like it actually works as a song. And maybe I'm blinded by my love for this person. But I just the first time I heard it, I was like, I've been waiting for this song since June or July. Nas like teased it in a video. He was in a car in a little pink Versace hat and like sings the like, tell me what you want, tell me what you need. And it was this like six second song. And I've been like, I can't wait for the song. We get it in March, you know, good yeah. for them for like holding on to that shit. But that's how you do it. I mean, that's again, I respect them as a, as an artist. They know, they know what they're doing. They're playing. They know what they're doing. The game, right? Already having like over, you know, at least, at least the last time I checked 31 plus million views. And then when Christians, of course, talk about how much they hate it that's only gonna send it to the moon you know oh, what I yeah. mean yeah he told that Caitlyn Bennett girl he was like oh my um, god Caitlyn she, Bennett she was like this is the most disgusting thing whatever and he was like shut up poopy pants and then like, <laughs> like and then she said something back and he was like I'm gonna fuck your dad and then she was like then she quote, wrote, quote tweeted it and never mind fuck Caitlyn Bennett <laughs> pants, bitch. But I just love that Lil Nas like spent a day entertaining all these people. A senator or a either maybe a congresswoman was like tweeting about the evils of this, and it's just like, where was this energy for Billie Eilish when she came plummeting down to earth, looking like Lucifer? Like, where is this energy for a cable network show called Lucifer? It's because he's gay. It's because he's gay, and it's like he's gay and he's black. Yep. Yep, and so he's an easy target, but I love that Nas has decided to step into this energy of like, I am going to be a black fag pop star and there's nothing that you can do about it. There's mm -hmm. nothing that you can do mm -hmm. about it. Nothing. <sighs> I love it. I'm horny. Oh, I can tell. That's why I was just, <laughs> I was just have that, sis. Um, well, I guess, I mean, because I like the song, we're going to put it on the playlist. Hey! Yeah, it's going to go on the playlist. It's fine. So, um, as I heard on QBT, follow us on Spotify. Um, you know, it's in the Rex and Resources. Also, we'll make sure that we keep shouting out, shouting it out on social. Um, let's move on to TV and film. Love. So, have you been watching anything or have you just been sitting at this wedding? Is that the thing that you've been watching? I have mostly, honestly, you know what I watched? Really and truly, I have seen probably... 17 hours of house hunters in the last week <laughs> house hunters is a yeah. very sort of there is something comforting about going home and watching house hunters it there's like literally 
sorry for the mic noise. And there's home, literally... I mean, like back, like around family. Let me not say home, but like yeah, back because around it, your you family can watch and it watching with anyone. House yeah, you can watch it with anyone, and it's not a kids show. Like that's the thing is, I feel like family friendly entertainment is often something animated and cute. Mm-hmm. I love House Hunters because it's like it's completely it's about adults. It's adults making adult decisions, but it's just like colors and moving through houses and, yeah. and just like and everybody forms their own opinion and can have their own opinion yes. <laughs> everyone it feels so passionately about which house that they should yeah, choose yeah, yeah. and why is that woman having the worst taste that fireplace was amazing <laughs> you don't need to touch anything on it like it just like it gets your insides going it just makes you you walk away and you're like i have the best taste i am an yeah. interior design now and like there's i love nothing- the i love the like gay episodes where it's like you know same sex like partners yes. looking for a house because a They're often looking for like one in palm school. springs often very often or Joshua it also Tree. reminds me of um like mtv shows back in like the early 2000s where it was yes. just like it's so many straight couples but then every now and then there's like a gay couple and you're like ooh, i'm really interested in this storyline yes <laughs> no i love it i um anyway that's what i've mostly seen and i have watched about half of this tina turner doc i honestly the only reason i didn't watch the whole thing is because i was getting so tired and i was like i'm loving this and this isn't putting me to sleep my week of whatever is putting me to sleep and i literally as soon as we finally get done with this i am going upstairs to finish it i absolutely need to it is so amazing um i can say that after watching 40 minutes of it i'm like Yes. Yeah. I won't spoil any I won't spoil anything even though she's a real life human being that you can just look up on Wikipedia. And there was a biopic that starred <laughs> like Yeah, Angela Bassett. You've seen What's Love Got to Do with It, uh starring Angela Bassett. And yeah. First of all, I don't know what you're doing with your life if you haven't seen it. Like go watch that movie <laughs> immediately. Um but the Tina Turner doc is great. Um I have this very sort of I don't know what to call it. I have this strange connection to Tina Turner. Because my grandmother went to elementary school with her in Tennessee. And my grandmother, since I, like, since the day I was born, like, Tina Turner has just been this figure, like, in my life. Like, my grandmother loves her. Like, my mom loves her. My aunt loves her. Like, growing up with just Tina Turner music and, like, this constant discussion of, like, her as a woman. And I never quite got it until I got older and just sort of, like, talked to my family, the women in my family, just more about their experiences in life, their experiences being black women like from Tennessee that have all sort of gone on past that sort of quaint country life, which they talk yeah. about a bit in the documentary. Um, and it's she just, just there's was these, rock and roll. She like, was rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's all these just, I don't know, there's these cool parallels you can draw. And I think it's an excellent sort of documentary and reflection on what it means to be a black woman in America entering a field that isn't necessarily meant for you. And then on top of that, entering that field at a much later age. Like I never, I don't think I ever clocked Tina Turner's age growing up, like ever until I watched this documentary. And I was like, wait, by the time like I was introduced to Tina Turner, and she had she been in this like game forever. Hits. She'd been in the game forever, and she was making hits, and I, she was making hits at like forty. And I was yeah. like, I don't know why in my head I thought Tina Turner, like even when I knew her, like as a kid, thought she was like in her twenties or something. But I don't she's know amazing. if I thought she's that, amazing. But like, I think I thought she just existed as the entity like yeah, she just was yeah, yeah, yeah. Tina Turner with the hair like that. She just was an icon in that way. Yeah. Watching this documentary, I'm like, oh my god. This is like bandstand sort of like 60s era, like 
literal footage in black and white. Yeah. And like just the way that she's dancing is just so it's it's so inspiring and like it's obviously horrific that what happened to her. But the fact that she has this very different peace of mind in in the future about it and had this she's just an icon. I just love that she's being celebrated right now and she feels comfortable enough to tell her story in her way. Um, I'm excited to finish it, but being able to see that early footage of her just like coming out and just having so much energy, literally no one can do anything, but just like be obsessed with her. Like that is I how mean, she became watching famous. her, those scenes in the dock. Um, I don't know if you've gotten into them yet, but like, there's just full on, like they'll play, like they'll play a full concert scene of her, yes. like through one whole song. And you're just in a trance. Like, I was sitting here on the couch just like, I don't want this to end. Like, I would watch Tina Turner perform all over the stage, like, all night. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Agree. Complete opposite side of the spectrum. I also watched uh, this Audrey Hepburn doc. It's just called Audrey on Netflix. Um, Little known, I guess, secret about me, not many people know, I learned, is that I'm, like, a big Audrey Hepburn fan, but not in, like, the typical, like, white gay way, Um, but also in that way. I, she's a great artist. I think I enjoyed her as an actor. I was also introduced to her at a pretty young age and didn't understand my fascination with her. Um, And then after watching this documentary, there's these really weird parallels between Tina Turner's life and like Audrey Hepburn's life that I found interesting because I watched them back to back on complete accident. And there was just something, there's these parallels in their stories about coming from very cold backgrounds, very like not having good relationships with like either one of their parents or one of their parents just not being around, the father usually. And sort of their perseverance over things that happen to them in life to still go on to be these like icons that are icons for a reason. Um, and then again, the sort of just like story around how to give love when love isn't something you were given at an early age. Um, so anyways, if you're looking for like character studies, I was just watching the Tina Turner doc and then the Audrey doc like back to back and just seeing what sort of things you can draw from it as well. Um, and since I'm glad also- that you liked it because I was hesitant about it, but your review is pushing me to watch it. I had like seen it come up a lot and I don't know a lot about Audrey Hepburn, um, mm-hmm. other than like the posters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to actually watch it now. Thank you for pushing me there. Of course. Yeah, you're welcome. And if you get done watching it and want to watch some Audrey Hepburn films, let me know because I will let you know my favorites. Okay. Um, and while we're at it talking about more documentaries, I watched The Last Blockbuster last night, which is also on Netflix. And I liked the, this a lot. It was really good. It was really cute. Um, I think that it felt like half documentary, half just sort of not marketing ploy because they weren't trying to like make you go spend your money there but I don't know there was something very glossy about it that I was like it doesn't feel as like deep and dark as I kind of want it to be but like it is a doc Um, it was more for me just like it's so cute watching that that woman sort of keep that shop alive and like also mad respect to her for being able to keep it alive Um, and I've been wanting to see it for a while because I knew it was coming out I, I knew it did the like festival rounds or whatever and then I think that they, while they were filming, the one in Eugene became the last one. And, like, I've been wanting to go to it anyway. But, like, it's literally two and a half hours from us. We need to go. We need to go. I was literally watching it last night. Like, oh, that's, it's Bend, Oregon. Is that the same thing as Eugene? 
No, it's not. It's Bend. You're right. Thank you. I know nothing about anything south of us. Sorry, Oregon. It's another um, hour and some change. Well, anyways, we're close enough to it that like we could literally just do that in an afternoon if we wanted to. I know. Um, we need to. We should go. Okay. <gasps> Let's go while Gary's here. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> other than that, I mean, shout out to Issa Rae, $40 million HBO deal over the Work, next bitch. five years. Um, get that money, girl. And also, like, it's just, it's crazy having known Issa Rae from, like, Awkward Black Girl on YouTube when that first mm-hmm. came out. Um, and I think I was in, like, my first year of grad school, and it was just, like, the funniest thing ever. Um, and to see what she's become and to see the kind of money she's making now, I'm just, like, she is it. Like, yeah. I'm so excited. We're going to get so many more projects from her. Um, obviously, we knew Insecure wasn't going to be the last we heard of Issa Rae. So, yeah. shout out to her. That's what I want to say about it. I know. I'm excited for her. Um, cool. Well, that was a breeze. Wanna get out of here and then bring your brother in and get into all your weird like history and like life growing up and what it was like <laughs> sharing like bunk beds. Oh my god. We only did that for one year. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> but you did it? That was a complete guess. <laughs> we did when we lived in Kansas. It was the only year we shared a room together and I wasn't nice. <laughs> We're going to get into it. (laughs) Okay, bye. Howdy, welcome back from the break. We are joined by my brother, Mr. Stephen Jernigan. Um, Hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you're welcome, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> this is already starting off like what I would expect our- siblings to be like on a podcast. <laughs> Sibling rivalry, yeah. um, featuring Bob, the drag queen and Monet exchange. Um, no, uh, is, which one of you is Bob and which one of you is Monet? Neither. Because you're both white. That, there we go. There we go. That was a good one. Jokes on us. Um, <laughs> to get us started, Steven, what identities do you hold? And, uh, how do you how does that shape how you come into this world cool all right so thought about this question a lot um answer so i feel like i have identities that are the ways in which i like present myself um without really trying is not kind of the right word just when i walk into a room these are the things that are noticed about me um so i am white I am cisgendered, I am male, and I am straight. Um, again, these are just kind of identities that so you're the, are so you're mine. The, so you're the enemy. Yeah. Okay. I just <laughs> want to put that out there. <laughs> I am pushing the straight agenda. I am ready. I feel... <laughs> We're going to no, dox you. But, oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, have these things, but... Uh, and really kind of, like, I think... Um, dealing with the question of what identities do I hold, I feel at least currently and within the past like five years of my life, I hold um, myself as a, or identify myself as a learner or as a student and as an educator, both literally and professionally and in this kind of like philosophical sense, right? Um, So I like to step into spaces and be able to learn and being able to observe and being open to learn with what I am seeing. 
Um, I like stepping into spaces and if we see maybe some ignorance or we see some things that this is a avenue for conversation, I want to be able to kind of step up to that plate and have some of these conversations. Um, I think for me, that's really how I have, I don't know, I feel, I feel like for me, that's really how I identify um, and kind of navigate through life, especially again, within like the past like five years. I see that for sure. I think that that's a really accurate way that you currently come into this world. Um, I think the learner bit has been something you've learned a little bit more. You know, I think that you've always been really good about using your voice. I think sometimes you've said some dumb shit and like, I think that that's been a hindrance to our relationship at some times, but I think that this current iteration of our friendship and who you are as a person, like stepping into that space of like, there's so much that just is not, I think that we both in different ways kind of went through that post Fayetteville post Christian Academy thing of like, Oh shit, the way that we grew up was not like the way that the world is, despite everything that we were told you went to that place since you were in kindergarten, you know, like that indoctrination was deep. And I feel like I was holding a lot of patience for you to kind of come out of that indoctrination with hope that that would finally happen. But I also didn't know for sure it would, you know? And I think there was some accountability that kind of had to happen both in you coming into your adulthood and how you used to think about me or talk about me or just like think or talk about things that weren't like you know, your experience in general. And then I had to also <laughs> come to terms and offer some, ask for forgiveness and ask for some recognition around the fact that I was rude as fuck and mean to you for so long. And like, even talking about it, like I laugh, but I still feel so terrible about the ways that like, I experienced you as a child and we experienced our childhoods and like, um, I don't know. It wasn't fair. But I, w I think um, the whole reason that we were kind of having you here today is, you know, you just had a wedding, which congratulations. Fuck you. Like, no. okay. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still Do drunk. you really I'm still want to drunk. Think Okay. <laughs> I, I, I uh, like. Fullest, that was them at the at the ceremony when they got up to do the best man speech or whatever. Best person oh, speech. No. And um, they stood up and were just like. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Audibly into it's the microphone. I, when I tell you that I blacked out and I had not been drinking that much, I just was so nervous and then overcome with emotion. Like there was so much crying and so much like, but like th that feels wild to me because like if you had asked us eight years ago, would we be would you have had me at your wedding, especially in this role? That wouldn't have happened. Like, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. What do you think attributes both of you? Like, Stephen, what made you want to offer that role to Maddie? And then Maddie, what made you accept and feel comfortable and confident taking it on? So when Maddie moved out, um, both out of the house um, and then really I think like out west there was and then like a dumb saying about like distance makes the heart grow fonder or something yeah um I definitely feel like that played a part of it um you know when people are away all you can think of is the good things about them 
Um, and so those good things really translated in text messages and phone calls and Zoom calls and whatever. Um, and so I think that kind of really strengthened the relationship. And then we found ways to start doing trips together. And that has really happened, I feel like, in the last like three years. Um, and that's translated into, okay, we don't have to only see each other at family gatherings, right? We have some disposable income. We can throw some of that disposable income into trips that we want to do, right? These don't have to be centered around a familial holiday. And I really think when that started happening, I was just like, oh, this is, Maddie's just one of my best friends. This is great. This is what I've wanted. And this is, I felt really like there was no other option. <laughs> I feel like part of the rest of the people in the party. <laughs> no, I, um, that feels very kind and very true. And I think you at Shawnee, you were asking like when I felt confident and cool. I never did. I think part of that is because I didn't want to let Steven down at this day. And then also like, I don't know what straight people do. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I've been to a couple weddings. I've been involved in a wedding, but when Steven's like, do you want to be my best man? I'm like, I don't, when I'm not a man and then also I was like <laughs> right I was like I don't I, I can't even fathom what this means just because like I don't understand that experience and um so then that filled me with a lot of nerves of like as the older brother I'm trying to like be this right thing but my whole life has not been right so like what does that look like in terms of choice and present and it resulted in me crying for eight minutes but you know it's a public show of affection, you know? Um, but I, I think the, the making the trips thing is definitely a big part of it. It's like this, um, uh, I think for a long time, I thought that family wasn't important to me. That's like what I thought was like, you know, fuck y'all. Like I'm out. And then it was like, Oh shit. I actually really miss Steven. What, does it like repairing and building this relationship that is outside of this unit that we grew up in? The reason we're connected is now also sort of rejecting of it in some ways, which is what is bonding us together. You know, um, I don't know. You're a single, single little boy, Shawnee, uh, grew Whoa. up alone. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Yeah. I'm an only child that also happens to be single. We don't have to like, <laughs> That's what I meant to say, but I was imagining baby Shawnee, and so I said single little boy. I feel attacked right now. (laughs) Don't be sorry. (laughs) Um, But as an only child, like, was that was having a sibling something that you wanted? Was it something that you were like, I'm happy? Like, how was what was that experience like for you? I I mean, I think that it's definitely a blessing and a curse being an only child. I grew up, I think when I was younger, very much so like I want a sibling. Like I wish I had an older or younger brother or sister. By the time I hit like late middle school, going into high school, I was like, Oh fuck that shit. Like I get so many gifts. I get so much stuff. Cause it's just me. Um, but again, it's a, like, it's a double edged sword. Like it's just me. So I also get, a lot of attention which is nice but then it's like it's too much attention like i don't i don't need you all paying attention to my every move like in school or out of school or trying to like make sure i am the sort of star student child whatever in the family um there's too much surveillance it's too much surveillance right where yeah, yeah where i feel like if you have a sibling 
you're sort of offered not flexibility to be the fuck up, but like there's two of y'all. And I think that you've talked yeah. about this before, Maddie. Like if you quote unquote were the fucked up one or the one that didn't necessarily get it right according to your parents, because that's obviously a subjective thing. Like sure. Steven was there around was sort of right. be <laughs> that star perfect person, regardless of whether or not Steven, you are perfect or not. Although I think you're perfect. I, <laughs> I think in I think Steven I think Steven got to experience this weird thing where like in comparison to me, everything was right. And then when I was gone, it was like a sudden magnification of everything that Steven was doing wrong. Mm. And it was like so he had like, like that. He was flown <laughs> under the radar as like which caused a, you know, middle child complex also because like poor baby was the baby of the family and that it drove me wild. And then the minute that he sort of gets to step into being the star child, being like the one, my parents have my sister. And so now he's like, there's an actual physical baby, like taking up everyone's attention. And the first girl, like there's no competing with that. Steve yeah. and I, we cannot compete with that. I, say, I forgot to have a, a whole nother sibling involved here. My sister is absolutely hands down the favorite. We are the drunk dudes that like they don't like you know but they like when they talk about us they're like I'm glad they're friends <laughs> because like they can't think of a single nice they got each other at least <laughs> yeah like thank god they they got each other cause like we sure don't want them but um <laughs> that hurt um <laughs> yeah I was like no. wow no but I mean it's it's Loki true and I, th I feel like um I mean, Steven, you talked to me about this before, like you were upset when I was, you know, in high school, especially because I was getting so much attention for acting out and all I wanted was to be left alone. You know, I, my number one thing would have just to have been left alone. And I was constantly being interrogated. I was constantly being like uh, questioned every decision that I made, especially aesthetically was questioned. So like what I wore, how I was walking, like all this sort of policing of gender, which even at the time didn't feel like a policing of gender to me because I was like watching other men on TV. Cause it was very much the era of like emo, like Femi kind of like that kind of boy. I was like, I'm emulating that. Why are you so concerned about like me turning into a girl or like being a girl or whatever? And like, it's just such like this weird thing of like, um, the stuff that they were policing wasn't even necessarily, I wasn't thinking of in that way. They jumped to the conclusion always of faggot before I even got there. You know what I mean? And like, it, it, it made me so angry that Steven got to be this like star little runner athlete, enjoyed sports. People loved, dudes loved hanging around him. He had this like group of dudes. And so like at the time when we were younger, I feel like I learned so much around what Steven had access to because of those identities you named at the beginning. Like, so while maybe they're things that you don't like hold, hold other people, hold them for you. You know what I mean? Like other people hold them when you walk into a room. And, um, I think that those were things that gave you access that I didn't have access to. And then in the present you have access and maybe it's like <laughs> moving away a little bit now, but for a while there was still like a lot of access to our family that, I just wasn't getting kind of both by choice, but also not by choice, you know. Um, it's interesting. I like this uh, tearing hierarchy of privilege that happen that can happen interfamilial. Is that a word um, uh -huh. that can happen within a family? Within a family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so what do you mean by that? I'm just saying, like, you're you're essentially talking about privilege here. Like, because right. Stephen is the white, like, is cisgender male identifying, right? And that offers, that opens a door to a world that is closed off to you, Maddie. Right. But at the same time, what Stephen didn't experience was being the eldest son. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so while I was the fuck up i also though was for a long i mean my name my parents literally gifted me this name that is gift of god right like they held in my in their heads for so yes ma'am oh matthew gift of god (laughs) i I might bleep my name name. (laughs) no as if people are stupid enough to not know what maddie means um yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Very that. Um, Steven, I'm curious kind of, and I don't know if we've talked about this, but like, are there conscious moments in your mind where you were recognizing queerness in me? Like, okay. Yeah. I want to hear them. Like, and it, it can be totally those stereotypical things, but like. I just feel like it's another example of um, other people knowing before I did. Right. Um, whenever, not that I, this conversation pops up a lot, but whenever I think about this idea of just like, um, who knew before you did, <laughs> yeah. um, there was a Christmas a few years ago where we all sat down and you opened up a photo book or a photo book and you were just like, let's play a game. Let's play how did no one know that Maddie was gay? (laughs) We just looked through all these pictures of you. In front of everyone, Um, or was it just me and you? It was probably me and you and Hannah. Oh, okay. I was like, that that feels like something I want to do, but I don't know if I would do. (laughs) Okay, got it. It also, um, in my head, was like a loud, like, let's play this game, but I'm sure it was like a whisper and no other person maybe heard it. (laughs) Um, Distinct moments were you singing um, at like our high school chapel, right? Um, The amount of like things that you were in choir and realizing that like, so you walked in and there was like a bunch of dudes that like kind of came in with you with choir. And then as you kept going up, they all started leaving. And I was like, huh, all right, (laughs) that's something I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I feel like as you kind of went into college and you started definitely more exploring these things, um, there were just like skinnier jeans. <laughs> I'm not say, it, just, it felt very stereotypical. That's step right? one. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, um, and then just like moving out to Portland, I don't really know kind of why. Oh, I remember exactly why I wanted to have this conversation um, because when we were in Portland because a friend of mine, and I can't remember who it was, told me like, hey, my brother is gay, um, and then like started describing them, and I went, oh, that's Maddie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's that's exactly who that person is. (laughs) Right. So. um, Which you then came to Portland, and we got drunk, and then you were like, are you gay? And then I don't really even remember what happened after that. After that, you just kind of were like, okay, well and then going on this huge conversation about that you weren't really gay but you definitely identify more with 
queer and you feel more on like this particular side of a queer spectrum and what is gay really <laughs> like it was just um going back to the conversation about you know being trying to kind of be this role of a learner that was definitely a moment where i was like all right well i just need to listen because the last 40 words that were just said i do not know yeah. <laughs> so i couldn't pull um, my phone out and google all of them Right, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fun fact about that as well, that was also the first time um, that we really started doing like astrology stuff uh, because I had no idea what my sign was. And it was just a really fun moment. (gasps) That's like my, I think it's my rising now. I don't know. We have to bring my dress (laughs) back on. Um, I think that's, yeah, cool. That's probably why we get along, Steven, and why I don't hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But yeah, that was, um, I really feel like that was really kind of what was happening is people around your age started coming out that I also knew and Mm. then was like, well, they hung out all the time. They're also incredibly similar. (laughs) This is probably what that is a question worth having. Yes. Yeah. Um, what has it been like? I mean, we have sort of tiptoed around and dodged the subject of your parents raising both of you i think we've like touched on it but like what has it been like offering support to each other post high school and college and then what was it like while you were under the same roof like was there support and love offered there or was it missing um speaking from my experience and the way in which I was viewing it. Um, If we answer kind of the latter part of that question about was there love, um, I think yes, right? If the question is genuinely do my parents love me, I genuinely believe that. Um, And was I shown love by my parents? Absolutely. Was Maddie shown love by my parents? I think so. Um, The diciness gets around do they love the queerness of Maddie, that feels like an othering, you know? Um, I can't really talk about like explicitly what's happening currently, um, quite frankly, because those conversations aren't really happening. When they were happening, there was a lot of um, bristling. There was a lot of defensiveness that was happening around these conversations. And so it definitely felt that we love our son we don't love that our son is gay. Um, love or, the sin you know, or not the sin. Right. Yes. Um, and so there was lots of that has happened. Um, how has that impacted like you and Maddie though? Like, now. how has that impacted our relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. well, where have so, you sort of been able to show support where maybe that has been missing, which is what it sounds like. I think there was a really, this is a really funny story for me. Um, when Maddie came out to my parents, this was oh my god some christmas i can't remember what year it was um and they you love telling the story i try and forget this day all the time (laughs) (laughs) i okay because i wasn't down there for maybe the traumatic part no Um, it's okay so (laughs) this is the last day of like maddie's trip so they're flying out in the morning i have been upstairs just like watching tv maddie has gone downstairs and i'm like realizing oh no one has come back upstairs um (laughs) This is the last night. I would like to spend some time with family. I want to see Maddie. So I walk downstairs, and the scene I walk in on is, um, I think Maddie's on the couch. My mom is on one couch. My dad is, like, in front of, like, 
this like fireplace thing, I think. And it's just like solemn. No one is saying a word. And so I sit down on the ground, like ready for like family fun time. I'm just like, yes, it's like the last night. I'm so excited. No one's saying anything. So then I just kind of look around and I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is. So then I walk up uh, and my mom comes in and is weirdly just like, Maddie just said that they were gay. Did you know? I was like, yeah, I kind of felt like everyone did know, but like, I'm glad, you know? And so that was a weird thing. So like, I can't believe you kept this from me. And I was like, this is how you're reacting. Like, why would we say this? Anywho, the actual support thing, I then go upstairs. Maddie comes upstairs and is crying and like goes to their room. I walk to their room a couple minutes later and we start uh, like having this conversation and just start cackling. And Maddie, I distinctly remember, <laughs> was like either that moment or a year later talking back on it said, um, they were like, I have sucked so many dicks, but that was the gayest moment of my life. <laughs> but it was just a funny thing to where we both were kind of like, that was a traumatic thing that maybe happened and we just wanted to laugh about it in a yeah. second. I wanted, I personally wanted to be like, we can either in this moment start yelling about our parents. We can go downstairs right now and start fighting or we can provide like kind of the space of joy and we can have like a little bit of laughter in these kind of four walls. And I walked in that room being like, let's do whatever one of these three and I'm glad we chose the jokes because I think that was more fun in that moment and it gives me a good story. Um, so support like that has really been what I have tried to do and whenever we go into spaces that I maybe know are gonna be uncomfortable that I can navigate a little bit more freely, it's to constantly make sure that other people, and Maddie in this particular instance, um, is included, is feeling some sort of safety, is if they need their own space to give them that own space, um, to fight when I need to fight, to laugh when we need to laugh. It's just very much aware that like, I will be fine no matter what, how can we make this space better for you? Yeah, and I mean, that is just true. I mean, Shawnee, like the ways that Steven does that, I think, I think there was some learning from that kind of like us moment of like, uh, you know, before we laughed, you like gave me a hug and told me you loved me. And then that allowed me to laugh, you know? But I think since then, um, there was some tension that I was holding around the fact that you would tell me that. And then there was like, then different conversations that you were having with family and not like a disparaging to me, but also not sticking up for me, you know? And like, and that changed over time and that, and then the behaviors that you're talking about now were showing up more and more and more. And like, honestly, Shawnee, for this wedding, I think I told you like briefly when you were in the car with me, but like Steven called me out of nowhere and then just like started offering me almost in a list, the things that I had like told my therapist that I need. Oh no. Um, the things that I had told my therapist that I needed and without asking for them, Steven was offering them to me. And I think like, that took a while to get there, but like it was this foundation of like growing up and being in spaces like where we were mortal enemies under the house. But like if we went outside that house, that was, I would beat people up for him or like, you know, would I would maybe not all the time, but like I would, especially I think in if we were both uncomfortable, we were on the same team, you know? And like us being on the same team has just gotten like more and more and more accurate and I think Steven 
you don't have the same access to the type of familial withdrawal but as you started living in sin and as you started like (laughs) doing these other things being a liberal like i think all of those things you were starting to notice and you would come to me and be like i can't believe mom and dad did this i can't believe they said this and i'm like welcome to the club girl like this is what this is (laughs) like this is what it means to not be a christian in this house or not be the same type of christian that they want to be and like it sucks but i think that the way that we've offered each other support is also a subtle way that i offered support i think was i would like share music with steven and it wasn't all good but i would like share music with steven or i would show him movies or like i would i would try and be like there's a world out there like there are things that i can't tell you about me specifically but like there's a world out there and if anything ever happens here in the house you can come to me like we may not be able to like talk about that yet but like i remember there was a time where you got in a lot of trouble at the house and you called me and you're like i'm coming to greensboro right now and i was like okay fine you know but there was a conversation around like is that the best choice i don't know but also at the end of the day it was like you can show up here and there's always a place for you and i think that that's what family feels like to a lot of people it did not feel like that to me for a long time and so like Steven is like this kind of threshold crossing of like the family that I know, which is my chosen folks. Like that is my family. Like Steven is finally crossing over from like family of obligation and choice and like choosing to be each other's best friends, like choosing to be each other's brothers. Ah, Stop. It took a long time. It took work, but it, it took accountability. It took offering. It took these small offerings of support that showed like, oh, they're really showing up. Oh, they're really showing up. Oh, they're really showing up. And I hope I offered that in various ways, but like, you know? Yes. And I would also just kind of in that, like, oh, they're showing up. That is a conversation that I constantly am trying to have with myself of like, this works now if no situations change, right? When situations yeah. start to change, I need to start realizing, okay, is if is what I'm doing still the allyship that I want it to be, still the support that I want it to be, or do we have to start making different moves? Yeah. And I'm trying to kind of like always be aware of that and always kind of navigate that within spaces. But I think that's part of the idea of, and again, that's something I've learned very recently. Um, but just like, that this is not stagnant. This has to change when situations change, right? Yeah. And I have to fully be okay with the conversation that's ever coming one day that's just like, hopefully, but if it ever comes like, hey, conversations with these people is actually now detrimental to our relationship. Yeah. It's like, okay, then we need to reevaluate, right? Yeah. Um, and I think even just bracing myself and even just kind of like being aware that these are things that might happen I think is important for any sort of, you know, again, maybe taking a step back from the specific journey girl situation, um, into any, we other love to party. That's where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. we, we, are, we love to party. Um, if you are a sibling and you have, um, another sibling that is queer and is feeling some sort of like estrangement or feeling this kind of isolation, I think it is our responsibility to, if we want to kind of take this title of ally or if we want to take this title of 
I am this person's support. It's understanding that that's not stagnant and thing that you did day one doesn't mean that you never have to do something different, right? Yeah. By day 300, that might be a different thing you need to be doing, right? Yeah. Um, I just think that's important. Yeah. At age 17, you being like, oh man, I shouldn't have said the F word was like, you're right. Like, that is great, bud. Here's a, here's a sticker. Like, I'm happy for that. You know? But if, if that's what you're still offering at 25, it's like, well, <laughs> there's, there's some growth. Maybe the world would be a better place if we gave more stickers for not saying the F word or the N word. Look. Or. I don't know about that, Mom. Any word. Or anywhere, don't, don't say talk. a word. I'll give you a sticker. <laughs> you <get> a sticker. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is that's my new classroom management technique. Is don't talk. Silent <laughs> that is my management technique with any child. Don't talk. <laughs> Just shh. <laughs> Here's a sticker. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm curious, and we're sort of wrapping up on time, but just, you know, as an educator right now during COVID, I feel like there's and a, a COVID teacher in the South. Um, ooh, how, how is your classroom functioning right now? What does mental health management for yourself look like in this year? Um, I will get into that. Um, but at the same time, if you support teachers, you support teacher unions. Yep. Um, teacher unions is how you get good teachers to stay. It's how you get good teachers. It's how you get good education. Um, we as educators deserve the right to organize and unionize and have our safety valued. Um, I love teaching. I love my students. Um, I would do a lot for my students. Um, but at the same time, I did not sign my health away. Um, all of that to say, if you're listening to this and you're not in a state that is unionized, uh, Take a look at that. <laughs> See what can be done um, in local areas. Um, in terms of mental health, my biggest thing has been a somewhat selfish shift into a self-preservation. Um, I've had lots of conversations with colleagues where it's like we can be angry today or we can figure out how to get through the day. Um, and so there are moments in which I am just trying to get through the day. Um, in terms of learning though, I don't know. I, I guess this year has been successful in different ways. Um, I'm really proud of the work that my students have been doing. I'm really proud of the work that we're doing in my classroom and the space that we've created. Um, but there are days where I'm just kind of like, this needs to be a makeup day. <laughs> this needs to be um, a little bit of a slower day because I just need to get everything caught up. I need to make sure to record all these videos. Um, so my mental health has been good. There's just been a lot of self-preservation yeah. um, and just kind of making sure that, you know, all teachers are tired by the end of the year. I was feeling like it was a month before summer and it was fully October. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have so much of this year left, yeah. <laughs> which I think a lot of people are feeling in lots of jobs. Um, this particular thing has been challenging. Yeah. Um, I love your love for your students and I love your love for your job. Um, and, you know, I think one of the ways that we try and talk to our parents, and I don't know if it's always successful, but like our mom's an educator too. And like our, our dad loves learning. And I feel like you're a really solid embodiment of these values that we grew up with manifesting in a way that they, they don't understand, I think, but um, I understand and I'm proud of you. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm that. proud of you too, Stephen, for coming on this podcast. <laughs> and uh, into enemy, ter- into thank enemy you for territory. Yeah, enemy. yeah. <laughs> you are behind. I mean, enemy we're lines definitely right going to murder you right after this. You yeah. know, you're still getting right. doxed. But <laughs> <laughs> a wedding doxed and then a murder. You lived such a life. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break. We're almost ready to come back again. Right. Well, this has been cute and all of that good stuff. You know, family reunion, sibling rivalry. I'm ready to get out of here. Um, <laughs> and y'all can do this when y'all want to. So, <laughs> what is that? Uh, let's take some meds. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I can. I just uh, chose you. <laughs> great. I mean, being able to uh, welcome Hannah into our family, I think, was into my family. You know, I think, like... Uh, as there's lots of choice happening, essentially, I don't feel like I felt super upset about going to y'all's wedding because I heard over and over how uh, how much of a choice and lack of obligation there was. And I was like, okay, I can be down for that. <laughs> and so um, also I just love Hannah a lot. And so I liked being able to, to do that. You're like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. And also that I, I like sort of delivered a speech. I don't think it was, you know, I, I cried a lot. Was anybody was recording blubbering. this? Thank God. No, I don't think. No. Yeah. Well, I have no pills to take this week then. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the thing that would have brought me joy. <laughs> Steven, what you got? Um, yeah, Steven. Um, going off of just the wedding thing. Um, I have experienced such a large sense of community um these past couple of days and it's just been awesome um Hen and I were able to kind of have like a second to decompress uh after the wedding um and we talked about how there was this one moment where the officiant asked us to turn around and just like see all the people that were there for us um and that was really cool so as much as it was a moment of just like oh my god yay we are the star <laughs> it was also <laughs> a moment of bros <laughs> it was also a moment of just i was just very overwhelmed um and i know it's like a wedding thing to like you know constantly be like all right let's make sure the bride and groom are taken care of and like make sure they're happy and all sorts of stuff like that um and i we definitely felt that but it was also just so cool that people chose to come out and celebrate with us it was cool that people chose um to say nice things about us. It was cool that people chose to sit under kind of a hot sun and be okay with that for a little while. Um, I don't know. I just felt a really, I just have really been invigorated by the, or rejuvenated even, just by the community that I've gotten over the past week. Um, And it was something that I really needed and didn't know that I really, really needed. That's beautiful. Right. What you got, Shawnee boy? I have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing in comparison to that. I went to no weddings this weekend. I am not married. Because of COVID, um, you're being responsible. I'm being responsible <laughs> because of COVID. So I'm not Uh-oh. going to weddings and I'm not getting married. Good for you. Soon. Good for you. Um, no, my meds are... It's an antiquated are... institution. <laughs> um, my meds are... They have. I actually have not taken these meds yet, but I'm so looking forward to them. Okay. Um, I'm taking my first day off from work since... I don't remember anymore. It feels like I've been working for a year straight. Um, Good. 
So yeah, I'm taking a day off and like a true day off, like phone off, computer closed, um, pants off, and and friend of the podcast Gary D McCreer uh, will be here in Portland visiting me. So hey. also. Wait, no, not even by the time. Well, yeah, by the time this has come out, they'll be here. So, yay. Yes. Got some cool things coming up. And then your meds next week can be what y'all did together. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm so excited <laughs> to see Gary. Um, um, all right. So, homework for this week. Let's jump into it. Very simple. Um, Steven mentioned it. Look into unionizing um, in your state, especially when it comes to teacher unions, because it's needed. And, yeah. Anything to add to that, Stephen? Sorry, that was just sort of, I came up with that off the cuff. Just um, now. I do not, but pay attention to local elections um, and make sure that you elect local officials that are for teacher unions and for unions all across the board. Unions help everybody. Amazing. Agree. Um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you so much for uh, offering some vulnerability and teaching me some things about what I thought I knew about us. And thank you, Shawnee, for allowing this conversation to kind of happen. I think that, um, oh girl, I wanted to get, I was, you know, I held back on some questions because I was going to get into it with y'all. I was like, oh, I want to know all the tea. Like, when was the first time you walked in on each other, like masturbating? Because it had to happen. Oh no. Uh, Steven and I. <laughs> no, we, we'll just, we'll leave it there. Nobody will ever know. Oh God. The, <laughs> thank you, Ellie Kiltz, for editing the podcast. Uh, thank you, Carlos Valle and Kiana Moreau for being promo babes. Thank you to Shanti Darling and Marquis for, um, I almost said donating, for uh, letting us use their music. We love it. Um, not thank you to Shawnee for that. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Yeah, fuck you. Okay, bye. Love you, Steven. Bye. Love you. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs>